Good afternoon. Welcome to the Mystery Relevant Podcast. This is Monday, July 17th. I am your host, Jamie Montram. And even though this is the day that the Redskins will sign Kirk Cousins to a long-term deal or not, what we're going to talk about is the Washington Nationals bullpen core. Here to discuss from natsbaseball.blogspot.com, Harper Gordek. Harper, what's up, man? Hey. Uh, nothing much. You've got, you've got a long time to talk about Kirk Cousins, so... Well, let's, I just, let's do the Nationals while we can. <laughs> I just wanted to welcome everybody in and then, you know, weed out the people who weren't like the diehard DC sports slash Nats baseball fans. Um, so, yeah, no more Kirk Cousins stuff unless there's breaking news as we're talking. And then you're going to need to be a, uh, a instant expert on Kirk Cousins. Just be warned. Um, okay. But there was big news in the Nats world uh, that I want to talk about. Over the weekend, they pulled the trigger on uh, <laughs> they, they, they pulled the trigger on on you know shooting the the bullpen that they had, and they brought in two new guys from Oakland, uh, Sean Doolittle and Ryan Madsen, two guys that were uh, relief trade targets uh, coming into this um, trade deadline period. Um, so it's not totally unexpected. But they gave up. Um, was Blake Trinan, who had been their closer coming into the season that lasted for like a week, uh, and two prospects, a last year's second rounder and last year's third rounder, neither of whom was a, a top uh, prospect within the organization, though they're both so young that who knows. Um, so, did you like the deal? Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the deal. Uh, first of all, you know, one of the fears going into it was that the Nats weren't going to fully address the bullpen needs. And by that, I mean, they needed more than one arm. They needed at least minimum two. They probably could use three. And, you know, once the whole trade deadline process starts going, it can get away from you sometimes. And the fear would be that, you know, maybe they get one good arm and one mediocre arm and they have to call it a day. Maybe they don't match up with certain people you know they go hard after david robertson and they don't get them um in this deal they get two good arms immediately and on the flip side they don't really have to give up that much so there's a lot left for them to deal if they want to go after another like a, a established closer or a new starter or something else so i really like the deal on that end were you surprised, given the learner's history, uh, that they took on so much money in this deal? Um, no, I think up until last year, they had a kind of tradition of not adding money midseason. For every couple dollars they added, they would try to get rid of someone. They'd send Kurt Suzuki off somewhere. They'd try to even it out. Um, but last year, they brought in Melanson. Uh, they brought in another Oakland A, uh, Mark Rizinski, <laughs> um, and that cost them about you know four million something like that. Uh, so they did bring in that much money, um, and for 2017, the amount that Doolittle and Madsen are going to cost is is roughly similar. And so if they they bring in another low level reliever, even it's it's not too different. I think they've set a new standard for themselves, which is we will put in a few million to, to try to make the team better. Um, so that didn't surprise me. If they do anything more from here, if they go and get a, a Robertson who's 11 million, so they'd be on the hook for another like three to four this year, 
or if they bring in a, a pitcher with that kind of type of salary, I'd be surprised. But but this didn't surprise me. So coming into this um, you know trade period, you know the Nationals had kind of flamed out not just with their eighth and ninth inning guys, but also with their seventh inning guy, uh, the trio of Trinan, Sean Kelly, Cody Glover that were kind of lined up for those for the for the back end of the bullpen coming I mean, the season. It all flamed out in various ways. Uh, they haven't really had a closer for more than like a couple weeks at a time this year. I don't know if anybody's really been the closer for longer than that. Who do you think takes the mantle now? Is it Madsen or Doolittle? Is it a blend? Does it matter? Uh, I'd like to say it doesn't matter, but I feel like the Nets fan base definitely, and it feels like the clubhouse too. I, I think they want a closer. They, they for whatever need, reason, psychologically, they need that guy in that role that they can depend on um, in the ninth inning. So I think someone does have to be the closer. And I think based on the chatter you heard uh, prior to the deal that they were looking at Madsen first, Madsen had 30 saves last year. Um, he is more traditionally the closer, whereas Doolittle has kind of just um, found himself in that role one time a few years ago. Uh, I, I think Madsen will end up being the closer. And I think that's the right move uh, unless they go out and get like a, someone who's established in 2017 as a closer. Will either of these guys be fun to watch? You know, like if they have like nasty stuff or, you know, are they like, you know, real animated on the mound? Like what are we going to enjoy about seeing Madsen or Doolittle, if anything? I mean, I've always, I think Doolittle's a, a fun guy to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, you know, these eccentric, eccentric lefties types. Um, I, I always just enjoy those types, both, you know, high strikeout guys, um, especially Doolittle and and he owns left-handed batters Mm -hmm. hasn't given up a hit to him this year so I think that'll be real fun to watch kind of him against anybody Um, I don't know too much about Madsen in terms of like being enjoyable to watch but I'll I'll certainly enjoy someone who can get people out (laughs) right and I know that Doolittle's Twitter handle is what would do do I know he's a Redskins Mm -hmm. fan I think he's really he's good on Twitter. He's actually a good follow, uh, which is rare for an athlete, in my opinion. Um, what about the prospects that went out the door? I, I mentioned that they're young. They were both drafted fairly high last year. Uh, do you think we'll go on to regret parting with those guys, uh, or is it just like way too unknown to even care about that at this point? Yeah, I don't. I mean, these aren't guys that are going to be ready in the next one or two years. Uh, these are these are long plays. Um, they're both good prospects. I mean, you like you mentioned, it's a second round draft pick, a third round draft pick who in, in Jesus Lazaro could have been as high as first if he didn't have Tommy John, um, in before the draft period. Um, so they're definitely talented guys, and as of you know, halfway through 2017, they're continuing on their development path as you'd expect. Um, but they're not the type that right now you're, you're thinking, oh, they're going to be a star. Mm-hmm. So we've lost a couple guys who would fill in kind of that, probably at this point, that five to 10, probably closer to 10 in your top 10 prospects for a team. Um, it's, a, it's a nice position, um, but it's not 
like a Robles or a Soto. It's not a guys that you think are going to be stars relatively soon. Um, could in 2021 we see the A's with Sheldon Noose and, and Max Schrock, who they traded for Repzinski, um, in their starting lineup, and they could both be solid players? Yeah, that, that could happen. Um, but if we're worrying about possibilities of 2021, I think we're focusing on the wrong thing. And, and what if, I mean, this is, I'm not sad to see Blake Trining go. Uh, you know, it's been a tough year, but he was really good last year. And, you know, a few years back, he's got, you know, he's, everybody's always said he's got really good stuff. What are the chances he turns it around? I mean, I think, you know, it's a kind of a tale of two Blakes. When he's not pitching in important situations, he seems to do fine. And last year, he kind of got a little lucky. You know, the ERA was a little lower than it probably should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been a consistent kind of like three and a half ERA type of pitcher. Mm-hmm. And that that includes most of this year outside of those moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he'll, if they put him in the right position, he'll do fine. Um, and they had, you know, he's not um, going up for free agency anytime soon. So he'll, he'll give them a good middle relief arm for the next few years. I think they will try to probably make him a closer in part because then they can, you know, Billy Beano want to trade him and that makes him more valuable. Um, but I'm not sure if he can do it. Uh, but I, th- I think he, I think he's fine. Like mm-hmm. as, as a pitcher goes. And I think as a seventh inning guy, he'll do perfectly well and they'll be happy with him if that's what they want to do. If they want to try to make him a closer, I, I, I wish them all the luck. I, I don't see whatever it is that psychological hurdle that he hasn't been able to get over. I don't see him getting over it. So still a couple weeks left before the deadline. They could still add to the bullpen. Uh, They just lost their fifth starter to Tommy John, uh, Joe Ross. There's a lot of injuries up and down the lineup. Uh, Do you think they're done? I would hope not. Um, The good thing about bringing in these two guys and Doolittle and Madsen is that, you know, they're, they're just quality across the board. They're not just Doolittle's not a loogie. Madsen is not a guy that only gets out right-handed pitching. I mean, right-handed batting. They both do really well against both types, especially this year. Um, so that gives them some flexibility with this third uh, reliever, if they want to bring them in, um, to do whatever they want. And so, so basically anybody out there that they like, that they feel will help the, the team, they, they don't really need a singular type of pitcher. Um, the, the one thing they may do, like that we talked about earlier is they may go for a proven closer. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of feel they won't. I feel like the cost is going to be too high for them to go out and get a Robertson. And he's pretty much the only one who would fit this bill. Uh, but that is something they could do. I think more importantly, I, I have to feel they go after a fifth starter given the way that Rourke has pitched for the most part this year, given the fact that Ross is now has the elbow issue, um, probably up to, for Tommy John now, um, that they need to fill in that gap in their rotation. And they really don't have anybody like AJ Cole, Cole has failed. Austin Voss doesn't look like he's going to be it. So they need someone at least to fill in those innings. They're going to try with Edwin Jackson. Um, I think tomorrow, um, I don't like the chances of that. Uh, so I think they'll bring somebody in. Uh, and, and at least for me, 
when I look at like going into the playoffs, I count on Max being there, but I don't count on Strasburg being there given his injury history. I don't count on Geo pitching well through the end of September given his pitching history. So it, it almost feels imperative that they get a, another arm in there they can trust because chances are they'll need that person in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a that seems that's like a sneaky need for this team is you know helping the starting rotation for all the reasons you just said because like the flip of it I think like most people are probably looking at it as like Scherzer's incredible Strasburg's having a great year too Geo's having a great year Roark's mm-hmm. been great in the past you know like what what more do you need but yeah like if you flash flash forward to October you really only trust Max out of that bunch. Uh, or, you know, if you had to bet, like you, you really would only want to be betting on max come October. Yeah. You go, you don't want to, I mean, this whole thing is set up to, you want success in the playoffs and, and they don't need a fifth starter right now to, to win the NL East. I mean, that's almost fait accompli. They've, they've done it. The, the other teams in the NL East are just no good. Most of them, if not all are going to be sellers. So they're not only going to get worse. So they have to look toward the playoffs. And, and in my mind, you have to look to the fact that that's just the pitchers that they're relying on. Only, only Max is reliable. Um, and they have to move forward with that. I mean, and that's one of the things you have to think about bringing in a third arm here for the bullpen is that if there's one thing you can say about uh, negative about the trade is that Madsen's old. Um, he had a little arm trouble a few years ago. Actually, he missed a bunch of years. A bunch of times a, a mm-hmm. few years ago, um, which and he seems healthy. He's been healthy for a while, but he is old. He's turns thirty seven about a month or so. Uh, Doolittle, on the other hand, has had shoulder problems, which is always a huge red flag, and he's had them pretty consistently. So he hasn't put in a full season in a while. Um, so you want to look for you want to have that foresight. You want to be looking toward October, and and looking toward October tells you you know what, Doolittle might not make it. Let's bring in the third arm just in case. Geo might not pitch well. Strasburg might not make it. Let's bring in another arm just in case. It may feel like overkill to a team that's winning so handily, it seems like, every night. But you're not playing the Reds. You're playing, you're, you're playing the Dodgers. You're playing the Cubs. You're playing whichever team out of the D-backs and Rockies tend to will pop up at the end of the year. So that's who you're trying to get your roster ready for um this this must be what baseball privilege feels like you know like i'm a fan of a team (laughs) that's gonna win 90 plus games i think they're on pace for almost 100 actually they just added two really good relievers might be adding another one might be adding a starter got players coming back from injury i mean there's all sorts of shit that can go wrong but uh yeah it's pretty good to be on the nat side of things at the moment yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I think that, that the way they're, they set it up with this trade, it allows them to trade a Fede, a Stevenson, uh, some of those guys that fit into the four to seven range of their, of their prospects, um, trade them for somebody good and, and really set up the team. And I, I think if, you know, if the Cubs catch fire and they've looked a lot better playing the Orioles recently, mm-hmm. you're going to have some epic playoff series because, because the Cubs, Dodgers and nationals, assuming the Cubs bounce back that are, that's three 
potentially really good teams. Yeah. And you're going to have a really good NLDS and probably a really good NLCS and then something to look forward to. Well, I'd love for us to be in both. And by us, I mean the Nats. Um, anything else before we go? Um, not much. I, there's been some rumors they're looking at Justin Wilson from the Tigers. Uh, he'd be a fine pickup. Um, he's a lefty. He's had a good year. He's been solid for a few years now. Um, bounced around a little, but I'd rely on him, and I'd be completely happy if they were able to pick him up for, for somebody. Um other than that, I, I wouldn't expect much. Um, I don't know exactly who they would get if they do target a starting pitcher. Like I've talked in the past that Rizzo likes guys with control who are cheap, um, but those guys cost a lot, and it, that would probably take a one of Robles or Soto, a major prospect, and, and I don't see them behind that. So while I look for them to get a fifth starter, I think it's going to be – on the edges of the fifth starter, you know, someone they can get in for next to nothing and, and try them out, which will be disappointing. And it'll make us cross our fingers that Strasburg and Gio keep going on their path, but it's, it's better than relying on like AJ Cole to come in and try to pitch a playoff game. All right. Well, our, our uh, listeners can follow along at natsbaseball.blogspot.com. One of my favorite Nats, probably my favorite Nats. Site. Rolls off the tongue. I would say that's honestly my favorite net site. Um, and also follow Harper on Twitter at Harper Gordek. Uh, this just in Kirk cousins has still not signed a long-term deal. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. So we have that to look okay, forward good. to in the off season. Yeah, of yeah, a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right, Harper. Thanks man. And uh, stay All tuned. Right. Nets fans will keep following as the trade deadline approaches.